0: I just got a push alert that, that said uh, LeBron was updated from doubtful to questionable.
1: <laughs> How are those different? Um, I guess questionable is slightly better than doubtful. I don't know. I guess it is an upgrade. I don't know. Also, what an insane thing to send in a push alert. Yeah. Basketball still happening, huh? Is it the playoffs yet?
2: No. Jesus uh, Christ, almost.
1: why is the basketball season so long?
3: I have no
2: idea. It's really long. Huh.
0: Let's it's hear. really long, and they play like half as many games as. <S SSSok> and, it baseball, <SSunk> in, and it goes and it
1: goes till, and then the playoffs last like three months and go until June. Ah, oh god, basketball. Yeah. <S Sk> oh, I don't get it.
3: Yeah, the playoffs are longer than the regular season. It feels like sometimes. Yeah,
1: they just keep going.
3: What you need is just a quick two-week tournament like the World Baseball Classic. Sure, there Which you go. Really keep oh, that. that was that was
0: good get
1: stuff. The energy up, yeah. I'm like our energy, all. which is obviously all very high today. <laughs> <laughs> it's early.
3: Oh, it's really early. Oh, okay. Let's see. Hold on. Um, so you got the uh, the link, okay, Jen? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: I had read it before, right. but now I just can't. I have I have no idea where my book is. Like, no idea. God knows. So <laughs> have to find that as. A- Oh, no. Yeah. I'm like staring at my bookshelf in the spot where it normally is. I rearranged a bunch of books and I just, yeah. Anyway, I'll find it. Okay.
3: Well, hello and welcome to the Great Movies Podcast, a retrospective film review show where you watch and discuss the movies covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collections, The Great Movies. I'm Dylan Cuellar.
1: I'm Janet Gardner.
3: And I'm Nick Fulton. And today we need to make up for a mishap of mine where I lost our Nosferatu recording. So we're going to is talk be- about Nosferatu. Is it because the, su- the sunlight shone on it and it dissolved into a- I think so. <laughs> yeah,
1: it just disintegrated. Yeah. Exposed it to an open window.
3: But we're also going to be talking about our main movie, which is Pandora's Box. So today will be what we will dub the the silent film extravaganza, which I know is just about Jenna's most anticipated <laughs>
1: Can't wait. Uh,
3: episode that we could ever My have. My favorite
1: episodes. Hey, no, these are good. I mean, obviously, these are good movies. Are you sure? I'm. I'm pretty sure. Um, I enjoyed watching both of the movies silent though they That's were good.
3: Nick how did, how did you react to these movies
0: uh, well I'd seen um, Nosferatu before these movies are kind of similar in that both involve uh, men's downfalls due to like uh, young women who are described as lusty uh, in one way or the other <laughs> sure. I think in very different ways basically uh, I think Yeah, I, f- I forget the term that they used in Nosferatu but It's not. He he like sees her neck and is like into her or something like that. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I forget I forget the way it's described, but it's much different than Lulu in uh, Pandora's Box, which, uh,
3: yeah, um, which I there's a virginal beauty they're obsessed with in Nosferatu. This is not that different. Less Lulu gets up to some stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, never. I hadn't seen Pandora's Box before, and I really knew almost nothing about it other than um, the cultural signifiers f- that are uh, rehashed in vive sa basically mm. Savi <laughs> basically the haircut and that's a- about it. That's pretty much th- all the baggage for Pandora's box that I had going in. I was aware of what Pandora's box means like mm-hmm. outside of the movie. Yeah. I, like the mythological Pandora's box which uh, does not show up in this movie.
1: Yeah. Do you remember Dylan? Some time ago, you asked me if I knew what Pandora I can't remember if it was on the podcast or off—but you asked me if I knew what Pandora's Box was about, and I was like, I literally assumed it was like a mythological movie. I assumed it was going to be yeah. more like Metropolis or something and have supernatural elements, and someone would open a Pandora's mm-hmm. Box, and uh, it, it was not no. that. It turns out it was it was different. Yeah, I
0: thought it was gonna—I thought it was gonna be sort of like more Beauty and the Beast, like the the mm-hmm. um, Cocteau Beauty and the Beast, than sure. what we ended up getting. Which is. Yeah. Uh, what did we end a, up getting, Nick? A Lars von Trier movie?
1: <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, basically.
3: Oh. That's.
0: Really? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, that's interesting. It's, I hadn't it's like thought about, about it.
0: <laughs> Nymphomaniac meets uh, the house that Jack built.
1: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> well, and I hadn't thought about it in connection with Viva Savi, which I really should have. Uh, more similar than I thought about at the time. But, yeah, just a real, real slow, slow descent and downfall here.
3: yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. Good haircut though. Um, yeah, Janet, did did you ever want to get your hair cut in this sort oh, of style?
1: Totally. I mean, it is like, you know, I mean, it's it's what did they say in the Ebert essay? It says instyle calls it one of the ten haircuts that changed the world or something like that. Like, yeah, it's and very... And Fleabag
3: calls it a pencil. Yeah,
1: and I think my... Uh, my review, what are the other My, my letterbox review of Beaver V was something like, someone needs to stop me from getting this haircut. Like, that is that was basically <laughs> my takeaway. Um, because not everyone looks like uh, Louise Brooks does here. Um,
3: I don't think anyone looks like Louise Brooks. No. It's and, such a unique look. And
1: to answer your question, like, I don't know what the other nine are. It just depends on when the list was made. Like... Is there a Farrah Fawcett in there? Is there a Jennifer Aniston in there? I was going
0: to say the Rachel's got to be in there. The the Carrie Russell.
1: Oh sure, sure, yeah.
3: The Rachel.
1: Oh, good (laughs) Lord. Oh God. What? It was a very famous haircut in the '90s. Was the Rachel speaking of hair it
3: just looks like a normal haircut it doesn't look like Louise Brooks wear it looks like something specific it's, to it's
1: like you googled the Rachel yeah it was a big deal in the 90s though people weren't wearing their hair like that before then now mm-hmm. a lot of people still do um,
0: it was it was so uh, groundbreaking that now you just think of it as a haircut
1: yeah pretty much well,
0: before I had it, it had a
3: name
1: yeah
3: I yeah. typed in the R and it auto-corrected to the Rachel haircut yep. before I got any farther oh, my gosh
1: yeah it's, it's, it was a it was a whole thing I'm pretty sure I got some ill-advised layers in my hair uh, in the 90s for that, because of that.
0: When you look it up, the first picture isn't even Jennifer Aniston.
1: Oh, that's funny. What? I'm no. getting
0: some, what I assume is a model that I've never seen before.
1: I, I knew our episode about uh, Nosferatu slash two, Pandora's two, box. Not, not, not start, one but
0: two silent <laughs> movies was going to stay on It would
1: start with us talking about... Uh, the Rachel haircut. Yeah, it's just that really chunky, like, round wave. It does not look good on most people. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the Rachel. I also, also Do you those think you, highlights you, were, Would you
3: look better with a Lulu or a Rachel?
1: Uh, probably the Rachel. It's I have, like, a lot of hair. Uh, mm. Trying to get, like, a really sleek bob like that is uh, a struggle for me. My hair t- likes to go like that.
3: Yeah. Nick, Conversely, I think I would. With? I think I would do better with the Lulu. <laughs> do
1: better. <sighs> um,
3: I guess we should start with Nosferatu a bit. Sure. Um, this has been a while since we've watched this, but like, what, what, what do you? This might be an interesting question, but like, what stays with you since we've watched it? What, what is still lingering in the senses about your first watch? I
1: mean, the thing about. Nosferatu, and to like contrast it with Pandora's Box a little bit, is like for a you know however you're a hundred year old, eighty ninety year old silent film, um, it's it is so iconic and the imagery. Like I already was, I already knew so much of the imagery before watching it, right? And so like that is yeah. what also still you know the 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 lights and the shadows and the going up the stairs and the dissolving and so all of that is it's really ingrained just because it was like ingrained in my memory before actually watching the movie from start to finish um because yeah that is something that has really stayed uh in the mm. culture you know quite a bit
0: Yeah I think I think it's interesting that um both of these movies are divided into chapters like mm-hmm. I think that was divided into five acts and this is divided into different scenes um, I think it's eight acts I think it's in eight in Pandora's, in Pandora's box. box yeah Yeah no yeah yeah I think uh Nosferatu's a standard Shakespearean five. Yeah. Both, both of these movies are centered on, I think two of the more, maybe not most, but um, two of the more famous uh, faces from the silent era. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. I would and I think Nosferatu is like maybe the most iconic of all silent uh, faces.
1: Um, Yeah. I would say Nosferatu or the, the Android from Metropolis are like what I, you know, sort of the images when people think of a silent movie, like what do they picture?
0: Um, But I I think Nosferatu also does a lot more interesting, like it has, it has the scene where it's played, like they use the photo negative. um, So I think it's doing a little bit more creative stuff experimentally with the camera. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, not that not that Pandora's box doesn't look good, but I think it's not as inventive as Nosferatu. Sure, is.
3: they don't need to invent much, though. Like, and and the, it's funny the inventions in Nosferatu have a wide ranging level of being dated, I would say. And you could look at, you know, him sort of standing up in the mm-hmm. coffin box as like a really effective moment, and then. You know the little, uh, what's that music? The the Benny something where it's like, buh, 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 and it's like the little carriage the f- ben- flying around, like the
1: Benny Hill music.
3: <laughs> yeah, the Benny Hill music that you play over, like where they just like speed up the yeah. the cart really fast <laughs> and it looks like.
1: Oh, I forgot about that scene. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, they don't actually play the Benny Hill music over it, but the sped uh, up But I, whenever I, is I, very I picture funny. that.
3: <laughs> whenever I picture that moment, I just hear the Benny Hill music, though, because it, it would play over something like that mm-hmm. really silly, sped up cart
0: thing. Right,
1: yes.
3: Yeah. And that's not to
0: say that. Pand- I, not that I think lesser of Pandora's Box because it's not doing things like that. I don't think it. You know, not all movies need to do something creative or inventive with um the the cinematic techniques because pandora's box is much more interested in character than you know does does anyone really have that much of a narrative arc in nosferatu like nosferatu is pretty much the same i I guess the the renfield character goes Mm -hmm. through a little bit of a change but even that's like not too much and then like somebody dies but uh or like uh Sorry, Ellen dies but she doesn't really have a big uh narrative arc the way Lulu does or Shone does or like pretty much any character in Pandora's box does so yeah they're they're very different movies
3: yeah the other one is more interested in sort of like uh thematic narrative and you know um emotionally affecting you through you know, these hor horrific images, and the other one is more akin to approaching the scenes through the characters, and
2: mm-hmm.
3: sort of just about, um, it, it has very, Pandora's box does have very interesting cinematography and, and, and choices in the way it presents visually, like the different places between the apartments, and at the end of, with the London fog, I think mm-hmm. is... Is really a, a triumph, but it, 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 you're right; it is not the same as how Nosferatu right. does it.
1: And it Pandora's Box. What stood out to me is that it makes a lot like it has a lot of very large scale. I mean, it has like set pieces and things, right? And like big like mm-hmm. we're now we're all at a circus dance place, and there's tons of people running around, <laughs> or we're all at a gambling ship, and there's a ton of people there. Like it, it is it feels large scale in a lot of ways. Um, whereas yeah, Nosferatu is a lot more this. like. Two people in a you know low light creepy room, which is also very effective.
3: I mean, I feel like I could do Nosferatu almost just scene by scene because the Dracula story is well, so true. Yeah. common <laughs> at this point. But also, it's just a very tight movie. It's like ninety minutes in total, mm-hmm. and it is pretty well segmented. And Pandora's Box is well segmented, but that's a two hour. 20.
1: It's two tw- it's twelve.
3: Two twelve. Long yeah and um oh I was going to say something else um oh talking about the set pieces I really like how you. Be, it takes so many like different genres it goes like you said it goes from like uh, a circus movie to a courtroom drama mm-hmm. to oh, yeah. a gambling movie to a murder mystery mm-hmm. and I, I it really does like I think it could appeal to a lot of people that way because it's so full of all these different filmic backgrounds.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, it kind of it, yeah, it's kind of interesting too how much time is spent in each like little location um, and very, very effectively segmented, I thought. And that kind of just puts you in this scene and then something crazy has to happen for them to get out and move to the next one. They have to create chaos literally to sort of escape whatever scenario they're in and you know, get to the next place. There's a lot
0: more hijinks a lot of than hijinks. I was expecting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some real wacky characters with some real, uh, <laughs> getting up with some real hijinks uh, throughout Pandora's Box.
3: Who do you think had the better lead performance, Max Shrek or Louise Brooks? I mean, Ooh, that's, it's tough because they're really different.
1: Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. I said, Again, like
3: Max Shrek isn't conveying a, a right. character or an Arc.
1: It's Right, it's a very physical, you know, one is, is sort of doing an iconic physical imagery kind of performance versus, you know, Louis Brooks, who is, I think, really, really incredible in the movie and is, uh, yeah, telling a, a sadder sort of descent story. Um, both very good, but doing very different things.
0: They both would have won the Oscar, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it's like the... a young a young woman in a breakout role. That's true. And then a and then a dude with a bunch of makeup on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Actually, you're right. What year is Nosferatu? That's a thing. I. It's 22. Okay, it's really early. Oh gosh, What so is 100 years. That's
3: Pandora's 22. box was
1: 29.
3: Yeah, so it's the Oscars Oscar are going era. on then. Yeah. Um, but I don't know.
1: I don't know much about. I'm sure you guys know much more about. This director, uh, Paps. Not...
0: I yeah, I know nothing about him. I assume that he is a part of the Blue Ribbon family. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, yeah. Today we we honor him and his beer empire. Um, okay, good. This I is the
0: only movie to, I've seen
3: of to his, quote and I've heard Frank Booth heard of
0: what? Heineken. Fuck that shit. Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like I gotta get that in there. <laughs> uh,
3: I've I, I've heard of Diary of a Lost Girl and Western or West Front 1918, but like I really don't know much of these guys' movies outside of Pandora's Box. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's not a director that has really stood out to me besides this movie. Though I do really really like this movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I honestly know nothing about him. I'm familiar with those two titles. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell yeah. you what they were okay. about. I couldn't have told you what this was about until after <laughs> I watched it. So,
1: fair enough.
3: Um What do you think were some of the most affecting scenes or like scariest scenes from Nosferatu?
1: I mean, the the really famous like staircase scene, right? Yeah. It, to me is what like and I was surprised how Creepy. It was. I think I thought, well, you know, it's old. I've seen all the clips, and it's funny when he like, you know, stands up straight out of the coffin and everything. And so I was actually surprised at how effectively creepy, you know, that scene in particular was—the sort of like movement uh, up the stairs and the use of the shadows and everything. Um, you know, I shouldn't be surprised just because something's a hundred years old, but um, I it was surprisingly creepy.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. think for me it's another it's obviously going to be another max trek but Uh um it's the shot from below like (sighs) after on the ship
3: the ship's great
0: yeah yeah after a few months like the shot that um has stuck in my mind the most is that shot where it's from below looking up at him from the bottom of the ship and he's kind of like creeping around the edge of the frame i i just love the way that's framed it's and it's that is great. It's a cool. It's a cool angle. He looks so menacing
3: from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually going to say that. I, I, we all had different scenes, but mine was going to be. Uh, I, it's not. Oh, what's his name? The guy that it's um, Hutter. So that Hutter, name's yeah. changed a, a little bit from the the original, but it's Hutter's first night, and he has that somewhat vision, somewhat reality of. Um, to like across the hallway from his bedroom and he sort of like floats and appears before his room uh, mm-hmm. and comes in and starts sucking his blood. Mm-hmm. That shit's good. Yeah. So what was the scariest part of Pandora's box? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, the, the final scene suppose. Holy shit. Actually. Probably the
3: serial killer.
1: Yeah. The serial killer <laughs> sequence. Um, yeah. I mean, I know I was joking with you guys last night. I was like, I did not know this movie had a twist ending. Um, and yeah, we got
3: it. We got to spoil the ending up front. Um, yeah. Cause this is the main reason I was like, do you guys know anything about Pandora's box? Is because how fucking insane the last act is. Yes.
1: Uh, where they make it so to you... London. And it's yeah. like, Oh, they made it to London. Oh, no. She has to, like, work as a prostitute in London, and uh, guess guess what's a dangerous thing to do at a certain time period is be a prostitute in London, because you might run into old Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Did uh, not see that JTR,
0: comment. always lurking around the corner. Yep. Did you guys come up with uh, other movies that you thought would be uh, well-served to have a surprise Jack the Ripper? <laughs>
1: Um, oh, my discussion uh, prompt? No, I did not actually pick one.
0: Um, okay, I, I made a top five.
1: Oh, thank God! Okay, <laughs> good. See, I knew you'd do it.
0: I I narrowed it down to um, top five from movies that we have reviewed as a part great. of Roger Ebert's great movies. Okay, uh, great. So my number five is McCabe and Mrs. Miller.
1: Sure. <laughs> no, that, that R.I.P. Would... Mrs. Miller. Yeah,
0: that would work. Uh, my number four is All About Eve.
1: Yep, yeah, okay. With yeah.
0: the a- actress getting killed at the end. Number three, sorry, Scarlet O'Hara, you're getting got.
1: <laughs>
0: number number two, is it better if uh, Monica Vitti in La Ventura gets it or if the reason her friend disappeared is because Jack, <laughs> Jack the, Ripper the Ripper was on the boat? I like that. I think that's even better. Yeah, I like that one. And uh, my number one is Ollie, Fear Eats the Soul. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ollie, Jack the Ripper kills that German lady.
1: That German lady. Oh Lord. <laughs> I.
3: I was when you said that. The only thing I could think of was Paddington Two. Oh, and with did. Jack...
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say Pattinson in Remember Me instead of going to (laughs) 9-11. He gets killed by Jack the Ripper a hundred years later.
3: Is there anything like the Remember Me 9-11 ending or the Pandora's box? Oh, wait, she's going to get killed by Jack the Ripper ending. Is there another version of this where it's just like, let's throw in a weird historical tragedy as a twist ending to kill off our character?
1: I mean, the remember me one is just so like that is the go to. Like surprise it's it's nine eleven. It's hard to pull that <laughs> off. Like surprise. okay, so question about Pandora's Box. Um It's that movie was it, is Was it clear insane. that Pandora's Box was a period piece, like before then? Because Jack like Jack the Ripper was I a believe r- it
3: is. I believe it is.
1: Okay. I'm just like bad at knowing whether something is supposed to be the nineteen twenties or the eighteen eighties or Apparently. I always just
3: assumed it was like a late eight, a nineteen, late nineteenth century sort of thing. But I, I guess mean, it I definitely has
1: to be because Jack the Ripper shows up.
0: Well, they never found out who he was. Maybe he started when he was three.
1: Yeah, eighteen eighty eight is sort of when he uh, was supposed to be running around. So yeah, okay. Because that's the thing is, you par- sometimes you kind of need to be like surprised. You didn't know, you know what year it was. I feel like that has happened one or two other times, but...
3: In, uh... I don't know, but, like, at least in this movie, it at least feels, like, thematically relevant yes. how there's, like, prostitution yeah. and murder and, like, bad things are a-coming. Right. In Remember Me, it's, like...
1: Just a romantic romance, drama. family, family yeah.
3: drama thing. And then it's just, like... And guess what? Watch out. And especially the way it does it with, like... The children coming into class and they like recite what the today's date is. It's like September 11th, 2001, and then it like pans it really out from Robert Pattinson and the. Yes, I mean
1: I've seen I've all I've seen the clip of it, you know, zooming out from the World Trade Center. But I have to admit, I have never <laughs> sat down and watched the film. Remember me. <laughs> <laughs> never never yeah. seen Pattinson or anything to do.
0: I haven't either. I. Life is short.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I have... <laughs> as we can
3: tell from Remember
0: Me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you Yeah, but, but like you said, this this is not, as much as I joke about it being a twist or whatever, like, it is just... if it, It's funny because it's, it's, like, literally Jack the Ripper, but if it wasn't, if it was just like, <laughs> okay, she went through this whole thing and then ends up working on the street and just being murdered, like, that is all thematically in line with the rest of the movie. Yeah. You know, it's not actually... Yeah, it doesn't
0: there. need to be actual yeah. Jack the Ripper.
1: Right. It's say, I like movies.
3: the Jack the Ripper inclusion because it feels something cosmic and absolutely destructive. And then there's a moment where she actually kind of convinces him not to kill mm-hmm. her, which feels insane. But
1: then he sees a knife and, you know, just... And then he has an insane look <laughs> on his face. Do. Yeah, they don't actually, like, And I don't know if this is what you're going to ask, Nick, like, they don't... No one says, like, hey, watch out. Jack the Ripper's running around, right? We just put it together from context clues that it's like... Yeah. A creepy guy killing prostitutes on the streets in London. Yeah,
0: there's like a, a notification about, uh, like on a post or something yeah. about Jack the Ripper. But and you get or, that or the about sketchy a
3: dude walking around. There is,
0: right. is, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yeah. I don't
3: think they say him by name, but
0: hey, John. Yeah. What was it with these older German movies uh, with serial killers? Between this and M.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
3: true. It's true.
1: Well, I think, I mean, um, people were, like, it was like a new phenomenon, right? Everyone was all freaked out by it.
3: Everyone was into serial killers. Well, yeah. oh, they are now still. Yeah. So, like, that's, what's changed? I was going
1: to say, that's weirdly, apparently, human nature.
3: <clears throat> um, I did want to read a little bit from the Wikipedia page where it discusses uh, censorship of this movie. Oh, sure. Especially because the one in France is absolutely hilarious. Um, so it says the film underwent significant censorship in various countries. In France, it was significantly re-edited from its original cut, making all with secretary the countess, and making all secretary and the countess become Lulu's childhood friends to eliminate the lesbian subplot between them.
1: Sure. Okay. Yeah.
3: Furthermore, in the French cut, Lulu is found not guilty at her trial.
1: Wait, how? how, Why? How? Is it cut to a title that's like, she's not guilty?
3: Yeah, and then they, like, leave. (laughs) All right. There is also no Jack the Ripper character. And the film ends with Lulu joining the Salvation Army. (laughs)
1: I guess in a silent film with intertitles, you have a lot more ability to just yes. change plot elements by just changing the intertitles and saying, "Here's what happened."
0: Have her yeah, ring in a film. Like,
3: see the Salvation Army at the end walking through it. Then they could just be like, "And Lulu was there."
1: Right. And Lulu <laughs> went with them. The happy ending.
3: Yeah. That... How well do you...
0: That isn't a very good movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, less good for sure. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, we haven't really talked about the Countess character yet, but, like, that is, you know, something that I have to imagine was quite a big deal at the time, and even now it's kind of crazy to say, like, okay, yeah, we just have this Countess character who's in love with her and helping her along. Yeah,
3: and She's it's, great. It's all, like, it's, you know, it's all subtextual,
0: not, though, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... It's still
3: subtextual, but, my God, there is a lot of face stroking and a lot of... I look in and you get it.
1: But yeah, it is it is definitely subtextual.
3: Um yeah. But I I just love that character cuz she's not really one of the core weirdos that are like <laughs> yeah. around her. Yeah. But she's like a a really strong six man of the year candidate as far as like movie supporting characters go. Yeah, Is that what uh, Bill Simmons would say?
1: That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to ask. I'm like, is that a, is that a Bill Simmons thing?
3: No,
0: but...
1: Uh, but it could be. I feel like I
3: can do some good Bill Simmons-isms, but I want to do it for, like, Pandora's
2: Box. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shit. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, like that tweet that the guy did about the Rewatchables version of oh. John Delman. a <laughs> Rewatchables version of Pandora's Box. Although I will say... Uh, That's
3: too far. He would not bring up Sydney Sweeney in that role. Like I th- I think he'd be like Julia Roberts in the 90s, man. Like that that would be more interesting.
1: I will say um uh freaking Ebert basically does that in The Essay where he says that Ebert's
3: he, essay is very funny.
1: Where he says that, you know, Louise Brooks doesn't look like a silent star. She could be Demi Moore or Winona Ryder. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Okay.
3: He was like, we just should... He picked uh, two dark-haired just...
1: actresses, and was like, it could be her. Yeah,
3: and he was like, we should computer-generate them into the movie.
1: Yeah.
3: The first, I don't know, half to two-thirds of this essay is just like, guys, Louise Brooks was so hot. You guys have to understand.
1: <laughs> oh, Lord. Did you guys see that there was some... I see some... And... I see so much dumb stuff on Twitter now that I never used to see because Twitter's bad now and it just keeps showing me things that I didn't ask to see and making me angry and I had to log off very much. Um, but somebody was, like, complaining about, you know, male, m- male movie critics, you know, objectifying women and was like, you know, back in the day we had Roger Ebert and he would never do something like that. <laughs> like, literally anybody who'd ever read Roger Ebert was like, uh... <laughs> uh not, that's not the example you want to go <laughs> I'm afraid <laughs> uh, love love no. the man but I'm not he he's not who you want to point to is oh we didn't used to objectify women because good old Raj uh, this essay, what did he do this essay's not um like it's not like offensive. It's not talking about how good she looks in her sweaters how, or whatever. How, 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 <laughs> my go, I my go-to Roger I, My go-to like.
3: is still the Liv Tyler doesn't have enough titties in Armageddon. Oh,
1: god, I forgot about that. If uh, only
3: she looked like the mom from 400 Blows.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a uh, um, But I mean, you know, I do think it's it's an understandable point of view for his essay to sort of focus on at least Louise Brooks' mm-hmm. like persona star power i mean it's basically a little biography of her more than it is a dissection of the movie um it is which is kind of interesting but you know she gets into
3: the movie in like the last two
1: or three <laughs> yeah it's literally it's just a biography of of her actual life and then he's like oh yeah and then here's what happens in the movie um which is very funny yeah he
0: talks a, a lot more about her and a lot less about the movie than than typical
1: hmm. yeah yeah Um, like I think around the time I don't know if there was like a reason why around the time he wrote it but obviously that was just sort of his in to the movie and you know she is kind of the whole thing but you know she is like you said also surrounded by a bunch of weirdos (laughs) making up the movie as well Uh.
3: I have a question for you guys if you guys didn't read the Wikipedia stuff too much but can you guess who in 2009 funded the major restoration of this film
0: Martin Scorsese.
3: I'm, no.
1: Yeah, I mean that would be the sort of obvious guess, but no, I have no idea.
0: Come on, give me a couple Quentin more Tarantino. No. Is it is it a director? Is it so? Is it someone good or bad?
1: <laughs> yes. Answer both of those questions. <laughs> oh no! Is it someone really bad? Is it like Kevin Spacey or something?
3: I was going to say it's Harvey not, Weinstein. It's not bad in that way. Okay. okay.
1: But is it is it a director or not? No. Oh. I have no idea. He
3: works in journalism.
1: Works in journalism.
3: Ronan Farrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I no. can't think of any famous journalist.
0: Was it was it was it Roger Ebert? <laughs> no, no. A.O. <laughs> uh, Scott. No.
1: A.O. Scott. who's like, I hate movies. Peace out. Um, God, I have I have no idea. He died in twenty seventeen. Tel- a Television journalist or newspaper? Magazine. Magazine.
0: Twenty seventeen. David Bowie.
3: No, that was twenty sixteen. All right, I'll just I'll just tell you guys. It's Hugh Hefner.
1: Oh, okay. Right. Sure. Interesting.
3: This man is just, he's so horny. He is. And if we can, it, like, harness his horniness to... To uh,
1: restore silent films, I mean, yeah.
3: I I love it.
1: Yeah.
3: So it, it, it wasn't really bad, but it's just so ironically funny that Hugh Hefner was like, I gotta really like this Louise Brooks yeah. movie.
1: Well, so according to Wikipedia, which I am now looking at, the silent film festival that played the Restoration... Uh, sort of described Hafner's involvement saying, as a heavily censored film that deals with the psychological yes. effects of sexual repression, Pandora's Box meets two of Hafner's charitable objectives, artistic expression <laughs> and a pristine new film, both finally unfurled in decades of frustration. Um, I,
3: I, as I'm reading that sentence, <laughs> when it says meets Hafner's charitable objectives, I'm like.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do get that I'm sure his charitable <laughs> objectives were like, you know. Making sure people could I, see sexual content that had been censored, right? I know like, he was a
3: big like First Amendment proponent yeah. of like uh, yeah, sexuality course, being. Yeah.
1: I will not say being the next and final sentence of that section does say Quentin yes. Tarantino listed the movie among his ten greatest films of all time, which I did not know when I suggested Quentin Tarantino. Um,
3: it, I just quick clicked on Is the that on uh, his reference, reference and it says, "Is it on his no." Name? it says Quentin Tarantino's handwritten list of the 11 greatest films of all time so it's not even 10 from
1: far out mountain. and oh, okay.
3: the link goes to nothing oh, so
1: God knows when that Go yeah on. he listed it who knows when that was wait did, did Tarantino have a site and sound ballot
0: I'm looking right now okay thank you he
3: did
0: we are not.
1: so focused in these episodes
3: Bella Okay, I, I got I got his list I got his list okay Number one is The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Number two is Rio Bravo. Uh-huh. Number three is Blowout. Number four is Taxi Driver. Uh-huh. Number five is His Girl Friday. Oh, nice. Number six is Five Fingers of Death, uh-huh. King I King Boxer. Gosh. Number seven is Pandora's Box. Number eight is Carrie. Number nine is Unfaithfully Yours. Okay. And number ten is Five Graves to Cairo. So he
0: I wrote, I, I lost you for a split second there. Did you say Five Fingers of Death slash King Boxer? Yeah. So I watched that um, a few weeks ago.
1: Wow!
0: Oh. oh wow! I believe my Letterbox review for it was cool remake of Kill Bill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so is it? I was kind because- of
3: thinking like if you took the witty banter of a Howard Hawks movie and. The violence of Blowout and the buddy buddiness mm. of Rio Bravo or Good Ben the Ugly, like you'd get a Quentin Tarantino movie. I think if you combine all of these.
1: Wait, so do which you know the point? siren,
3: the siren noise from Kill Bill? That,
1: yep, of course. Uh,
0: that is from King Boxer. Oh, nice. Oh, really? And then the the other title of it is Five Fingers of Death, right. which um, sort of alludes to the ending of both of those films yeah sure
1: oh does it have to say does that does that movie have the same basic ending as kill bill in terms of the uh final confrontation yes, it's
0: yeah a clear oh, um
1: even the the, the plot says learning the iron palm technique so there you go um yeah wait so which cool one movie. is more i was going to say which which is more kill bill five fingers of death or lady snowblood
0: oh uh, just kind of combine them both and there you go yeah if if yeah if you mash them together you're getting Kill Bill nice. plus the Game of Death suit from
3: I'm uh, oh,
0: sure Bruce Lee's yellow there you go yeah
3: get up so I guess yeah. this was with an interview with Empire Magazine and they had a little top 10 card you could fill out okay so one is the good man, two through four he writes interchangeable next to it and it ends at 10 and then he writes below it 11 period Jaws <laughs>
1: Sure. Sorry, this is actually like a really funny end of that list. Like, it's like he wrote the whole thing and then was like, "Ah, oh, shit! I put, should have put Jaws in there." No. Okay, eleven <laughs> <I forgot> Jaws. <laughs> Good movie. Uh, yeah.
0: Belatar had Bellatar had Viva Savi on his list.
1: All right.
3: Okay, who has Pandora's Box on their list?
1: Great question.
3: I don't. Do, do they show that? I can't figure out if they've done that yet.
1: I mean, you used to be yeah, able
3: to
0: the do list, it. Yeah, you used to be you able to sh- do it. The, the list is uh, not as complete as it was uh, previously, I
3: think. Rude. I think I found it. I found a version of it. Uh, there was only one director that voted for it. and I don't know this person. Yinan Diao. Well, look at me. Huh. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Janet. Can you let me know about Yin, Yin Diao? I think. Yeah, he's the guy who did uh, the Wild Goose Lake,
0: and Black okay. Wolf and Ice. So oh. I've I've only seen I've only seen Wild Goose Lake. All, uh, Black Hole
1: and Ice is supposed to be really good. Yeah, I've wanted to watch that for a long time. Um, we always like we saw a trailer for it ages ago when it, whatever year that was it came out, and it looks cool.
3: Um, I don't. No, if I know any of these critics, Trisha Tuttle, Pierre Eisnerich, Glenn Erickson.
0: Oh wait, so David we didn't even Thompson. talk about.
1: It, so I just pulled up the list, the the, the full two fifty. Um,
0: it, it's at the, it's like one of the last. It's ones, tied.
1: Isn't it? It's tied for the end. It's yeah, two, Pandora's box two is two tied three. at two forty three. I didn't even know that. So there you go. What oh.
3: uh, what did it tie with? I can tell you. It tied probably like with twenty things. Born in Flames, uh, Sullivan's Travels, hmm. um, Annie Hall, Earth, the USSR movie, mm-hmm. My Darling Clementine, oh, love. Mouchette, A Clockwork Orange, A Canterbury Tale, wow. Video Drone, <laughs> Possession.
1: Sorry, the way you pronounced Video Drone, like it was in a foreign language, you're like, Video Drone? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of this one?
3: <laughs> Video drone, possession, Suliel O, distant voices still lives, nostalgia Jesus. for the night,
2: so
3: syndromes in a century, the intruder, Morven collar, mm-hmm. in Vonda's room, Werkmeister harmonies, taste of cherry, wow. the Quince Tree sun. And The Last Laugh. So, what's your guys' favorite of those like 36 movies I just had to read out? Yeah, those, uh, those 100 movies? Um, <laughs>
1: probably. Probably. A, a, video drum?
3: Yeah, I was going to say Videodrome or Workmeister Harmonies for me? I think it's Workmeister for me, or My Darling Clementine. Um, oh, yeah, oh, no, my, no, my, No, mine, as, mine is a Canterbury Although Tale. That's easy. There's
1: two movies on that list that I absolutely need to see that I haven't, which are Possession and Morvern Collar. Like well, I
3: think I could already put possession in like your top 50. Yeah, and I, and
1: I and I bought, I bought like blind bought a a steel book of Morvern Collar some time ago, and I need to watch it because I've heard it's really good.
3: Um, I
2: muchette.
0: nobody's uh banging the drum for Machete. That's a cool movie. I'll
3: bang the drum for Distant Voices, Still Lives. That's a great. Oh yeah, movie. that one's good.
1: You're not you're not gonna fight like, for Annie Hall here, Nick.
3: I'm surprised Oh you didn't for any Hall.
0: No, I, I forgot that that was even said. No, <laughs> any Hall is the best of those movies. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I Absolutely, was gonna say, yeah. Not, I, but fair, okay. fair to
1: forget since, again, like they, they, that's a lot of movies they let tie um, at the bottom. But
0: It was so long ago that that was mentioned in that list that I'd forgotten it.
1: Uh, uh, no,
0: any Hall is incredible. I've, I've rewatched it recently. It's a good movie. Um, yeah. Certain caveats apply.
1: Sure. Sorry now I'm just then there's like another 25 movies tied for 225. It's a lot of I know. We're not we're up. not going to do this anymore. I know, sorry. Um I yep. will, well, the only thing I wanted to say about Pandora's Box on the list is um like you said there's only one director who voted for it about a dozen critics, a lot of women. I it looks like yeah. um on the critics list and almost entirely like only one from the USA, a lot from UK. Jenna,
3: as a woman, what was your reaction to Pandora's Box?
1: <laughs> well, as a woman, um <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think that's kind of interesting that it's that a lot of yeah women voted for it. I mean, you know, having a having a female protagonist in a movie in the twenties is not nothing. Um, everyone's just blindsided by the iconic haircut.
2: Yeah.
0: So was Shogulch her dad or her pimp?
1: I mean, yes. hard to get a straight story. Both. Yeah. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Keno Listos. Um, although, like, she really is like canoodling with him in a way that's like your dad huh but he is very old so
3: i mean he's daddy so yeah
1: daddy (laughs) it wouldn't be (laughs) the only fucked up
0: familial the only fucked up familial thing in the movie um there's some kind of
3: like quasi-edipal
0: stuff with alwa
1: yep Mm -hmm. and sean
3: I really like how, uh, you know, you get introduced to Sean as, like, the main person using Louise Brooks as a mistress. And then, like, she goes and vis- visits this young man. And then suddenly Shown just shows up and is like, oh, hi, Dad. Right. <laughs> huh. She canoodles both father and the son.
1: Um, sorry, I promise I will move on from Sight and Sound in one minute. But Nosferatu is tied for 196. Um, okay. With... A lot of movies. Uh, well, frankly, a lot of movies that we've covered, um, and then a lot of movies that I know are favorites of of your guys. Um, just very quickly, movies tied at number one ninety six are, the Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, Wavelength, I Know Where I'm Going, Laclis, Great Movie, Double Indemnity, Banger, Doctor Banger. Strangelove, Banger, One Way okay. or Another, Nosferatu. Python, Zama,
3: Banger Mad Max Ooh. Fury
1: Road, The Tree Ugh. of Life, Uncle Me oh, who should. can recall oh. his fa- past lives.
0: Both of those should be way higher.
1: The Headless Woman, <laughs> and Paris is Burning. So that's two
3: it. two Lucretia Martells in the same slot. Yeah, uh, yes. and two Powell and Pressburgers and as Powell well. Two Colonel Blimp. Oh, yeah. Colonel, yeah. Yeah. Colonel Blimp, and uh, I know where I'm going. Yeah. yep.
1: So there you go. I need to see Zama. It's another one that's on my list for a while.
3: You can read the book, too.
1: I mean, there's a lot of books I could read.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh,
1: how would you rank
3: the Lulu boyfriends?
1: I mean, <laughs> all was the most attractive, right? Yes. It's the least yeah, weirdo he's of like all the sem- weirdos.
0: He's like a, a, a soy boy. It'sy <laughs> guy
1: he is he's like a sensey boy um but he's not like nearly as creepy as as everyone else I mean he's got his own issues to be sure but uh
3: can we uh include Jack the ripper in her trip tri- i was
0: gonna s- I was
3: gonna say I think I have Jack the Ripper overshone. One of my favorite things about this movie is, like, every few minutes, it just has, like, a reaction shot from Shon, which makes him look like the most devious motherfucker to ever live. With his little uh, monocle and, like, just very haunting shadows over his face. And he's like... Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Love that guy. Love to see it. Yeah.
0: The... Marquis Castipiani has also got to be like down near the bottom.
1: Yeah, he's bad guy.
0: Yeah, he might be below shown actually. I guess I would go Alwa uh, Shogulch <laughs> Well, what's the, what's the lady's name? Uh
1: The, the Countess. Oh, Gersh- Countess. Gershwitz countess would something? maybe be my
0: number one. Yeah, the one. count the Countess. Countess is number one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Countess then Alwa uh... and then
0: and then Sh- Shogulch
1: is that is that the dad slash pimp? Call yeah. me daddy. Okay. Who else? Yeah, yeah.
3: Maybe we should have had the call me daddy people on this podcast as a guest. The what no? Nick, you're not feeling it? What did you say? <laughs> we should have had the Call Me Daddy podcast as a guest for this episode. I don't know what that is. Oh no. I recently had to learn about this.
1: Wait, are you actually, are you actually don't know what that is, Nick? No. Okay. Don't. I'm, Jenna, I'm you have to explain it now. No, I don't want to. Um, it's a, <laughs> oh my God. It's, 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 I literally can't. The most insane <laughs> podcast drama of a podcast that I have never and would never listen to. Um, yeah. You can Google it. It's really obnoxious. Um, <laughs> it's Barstool, right? Is
0: this one of those, like, is this one of those, like, internet things where I'm going to learn about these people who are main characters for a day? Yeah, they were main uh, characters
1: for, like, a few weeks. It's, it is Barstool, I right? I think it was a, that was part of it. I the, don't know about that. I think it... I think... Babies. Yeah, I think it was a Barstool podcast, which is, unfortunately... Um, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, bad. Um, is it Call Her Daddy? Yes. Sorry. Yes, it's Call Her, her daddy. daddy. That's it, yeah. Yeah, whoops. You can enjoy learning about some real uh, pleasant people. Um, just like uh, our friend Lulu <laughs> surrounded herself with some real pleasant people.
3: What act or do you think stuck out to you guys the most? Which one was like the most interesting? Because like we said, we, it goes between all these different sort of genres and setups and stuff. Which one were you most interested in? I mean, in?
1: I liked the, the final one. It, it really goes out on a high note, right? Um, but I also liked the. I mean, we just said he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. But the one at like the wedding with Sean and that whole confrontation and everything—that's a pretty. That's a pretty good one. I was least into the section on the gambling boat. I think. Uh, oh, I really
3: enjoyed the one on the gambling. Oh, boat. I was. I was gonna say the gambling.
1: Is that your I favorite one? Oh, that's funny. I
3: think that might be my favorite one too. Oh, that's
0: funny. outside I of think Jack the. the Ripper, I th- no, I think Jack the Ripper is probably the best.
3: But. I think that one's too much of a cheat. If it if if we eliminate exactly. Jack the Ripper, I would go for Gambling Boat. That was so yeah. funny.
1: Yeah, I guess it was funny. It had, it's just like the all most
3: absolutely losing his damn mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a murder in it. We love a good murder. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of there's more murders in this movie than I expected when I started watching it. At least three.
3: When you open that box,
1: <laughs> it's true. There you go. What's I like that. Uh, is,
3: I like that Show Gulch like pulls
0: a fire alarm to get her out of jail.
3: Yeah, what a what a move! That's like you'd smart.
0: you'd think uh, like someone a else would have done that. Yeah, he was the first one to ever think of that.
1: First person to ever think about <laughs> pulling a fire alarm to create chaos and make an escape.
0: Oh, here's here's another thing that I liked. Uh, speaking of how, how did how did this fool people? Um, when she does escape, where does she hide out?
1: Doesn't she go to hide no out idea. at her?
0: isn't it her house?
1: <laughs> I think so.
0: Because Alwa, Alwa finds her there and he calls the cops.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Look, she's not like a criminal genius here. Um,
3: it's just a stopover. They have to get to the boat. Thanks to the count- countess who really is number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the book. Absolutely. Her, yeah, number 1
0: paramour is definitely the Countess.
3: Mhm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she has she has her back way more than anybody else.
0: <laughs> yeah, she speaks up for her at the trial. She she murders that guy, right? Yes. Oh. We, yeah. 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 We yeah. love to see it.
3: These are the kind of people we need in our life. I was curious, where did you guys watch this movie? Because it's surprisingly pretty easy to find. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I watched it on Criterion, but it's everywhere.
0: So, yeah, I watched it on Criterion. I started it on HBO. Do you guys remember me telling you about this, like, months ago? Yes. (laughs) The HBO version sucks. Like, it has some kind of artifact corrupting the image where... Like, anytime there's movement, there's like horizontal lines going through it. It looks fucking
3: awful. Oh, God.
2: Yeah. Either that that or. Which is I did watch
0: this. I did watch this as COVID was beginning to ravage my body, so maybe that was all just. (laughs) Maybe it was a hallucination. But but it seemed to look fine on. I kind
1: of thought. So, there's a lot of movies that are on both Criterion and HBO Max, right? Like, there's a lot of. When you go look at HBO Max, there's tons of movies that you, you know, are also on Criterion. And I think I had always assumed that it would be the same
0: be the same for, version
1: uh, or transfer or whatever because I kind of figured there was just some sort of joint ownership and oh the licensing you know it's the same thing but maybe not maybe uh, yeah yeah I, I think things on criteria this I one to too
0: has for. yeah I think this one has like um, like a prologue in the beginning or like a, a, a,
3: what's it called like overture um, doesn't it? yeah I do love that it has an overture that was strange I'm, for a silent movie I think I am pretty sure the HBO
0: version does not.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Mm, if I remember right, let me see. Something. Again, this was a couple months ago and I was
1: <laughs> not doing great, coming down with COVID. Let's see something here.
0: <laughs> Actually, I was coming down with COVID and I had also just finished watching um all quiet on the western front. Jesus. I was not in the best of
1: headspace. <laughs> I had a dream the other night, by the way. I, had, I was having, like, a nightmare or something. And the all quiet on the western front score was playing uh,
0: in my no. dream.
1: Like, to ramp up the, like, sense of unease. I was so mad when I woke up.
0: <laughs> just three notes. It
1: was. It was just a, like, bum, bum, bum. Like, and then I woke up and I was like, I've never, like, had that happen before. Where my dream had a score and it was the frickin', like, upsetting notes of the all quiet on the western front score
0: <laughs> the oscar winning
1: all quiet on the I'm western so, front so score the that. oscars
0: have happened since we uh yeah
1: we haven't even recorded since then. Last. Um, hold on closing the loop on this the version of pandora's box on hbo max does appear to be one minute shorter than the version on criterion oh. so it probably doesn't I have think the uh, overture
2: yeah
1: um yeah no i think if all the I, we talked about the oscars offline i was generally fine with them probably more than you guys were but the one thing that maybe made me the maddest was the well everything for all quiet but that Mm -hmm. score win man like what 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 are they
3: doing what are they doing heck good three good notes
1: three good notes and like it was effective it was effectively used in the movie but like come on like what what are we what are we doing here with that thing
3: who would you have picked oh babylon Okay, yeah I thought so
1: that music rules like even I, I don't I think even people I mean you know, people can hate on anything but I think even people who didn't like the movie as much as I did are like yeah Justin Hurwitz writes good music like what are you gonna do <laughs> shocker um, it is it is very jazzy as as, as this is won't but um but I also love the Banshee score like I don't know there's mm-hmm. there were Banshee better score is great. there were better options Carter
3: Burwell doesn't have an Oscar right
1: I don't doesn't he think so
0: oh that's a mistake
1: yeah, I, I,
0: I like, um, Everything Everywhere wasn't my favorite movie of the year. It's not what I would have given, but I'm fine with it winning. Like, it's, I'm, I'm cool with it. Better than Why All Quiet.
1: Not? If that was the other option that was on the table, then, uh... Yeah. I think... So I,
0: I haven't seen it. The Whale. I like Brendan Fraser. I really would have liked to have seen Colin Farrell yeah, win. Yeah, I
1: wanted Colin Me Farrell too. to win so bad. I, I knew by the time we got to Oscar Sunday that was not really in the cards anymore yeah it looked but. like it wasn't
0: in the cards but um yeah. i mean i paul paul mescal would have I mean, been my yes, pick but that was never that was never ever gonna happen yeah so
1: um yeah and i'm never gonna watch the whale so i, I guess i really can't have that much of an opinion about it but it's kind of annoying like i just it's just like give someone an oscar who's not covered in prosthetics place like
0: max Turek. <laughs>
1: <laughs> give it to Max Shrek if you have to. If you have to reward someone who's wearing convincing makeup, give it to Max Shrek.
3: I just was so annoyed watching the Oscars. Like, I saw, a, like, a video on Twitter something of someone, like... And the Oscar goes to, and he turns around, and he goes, Okay, heads, it's all quiet on the left front. Tails is everything everyone wants. And then he, like, flips it.
1: It was... And it really did
3: feel like that. It, like, it was...
1: It did. It was a little... Uh, there there was just that run. I mean, watching it live, there was that run in the middle where All Quiet won like three or four things in a row. And it was just like, yeah. oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. But I mean, you can't fall for that. It's the same thing that happened like in the Mad Max Fury Road year. It would have been the same thing that happened last year with Dune if they'd actually presented all those categories in the show. There's always some, you know... More actiony movie that's going to win a bunch of texts and make you think, "Oh gosh, they're it's, they're going to go for this movie instead." Which, when it's Dune or Mad Max, you're like, "Hell yeah!" And then when it's yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front, you're like, "Oh no." um
0: I think the difference with this one, though, was, and it, it still seemed like I went from like a hundred percent that it was going to be everything everywhere to like ninety eight percent. Yeah, i just But started thinking. But do. Dune and Mad Max never won, like, a big thing, whereas yeah. this one, not that it's
3: super related, but it did win the BAFTAs, which is...
1: That's true. Great. That's true. It had the BAFTA Real. coming in.
3: It really has it's the very international weird. support behind it.
1: Yeah, and the, well, and the other thing about Dune and Mad Max is, like, when I watched the Oscars with Friends those years, those were movies that everybody had seen, um, yeah. whereas <laughs> watching the Oscars with Friends this year, like... My other Oscar nerd friends who, you know, listen to podcasts and things had watched All Quiet, but nobody else had. Like, everybody else was and like, it's what, on is, Netflix. what is this movie? And you, it's on Netflix, like, but they're just like, what is that? I don't know what that is. You know what I mean? It's just it's such a weird thing to go for. It kind of felt yeah. like the Academy was just so starved because there was no other, like, I don't know. I would rather, I didn't even. There look. was
3: no other what? like War movie? Let's look at this. I guess? I don't know. Let's look at it this way. And this drives me crazy. Banshees got shut out. Mm-hmm. Tar got shut out. Mm-hmm. Fablemans got shut yeah. out. And Top Gun Maverick... Sound. Only got sound.
1: That's true. They could have gone for Top Gun Maverick and if they wanted to go for a big... Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... I'm not sure quite what the...
3: What All the quiet appeal are was. they doing when they're leaving those off the table?
1: Yeah, I mean they don't think that way, right? Though, like they just sort of think about who they like in each yeah, category, I know, and I don't think they sit down and go, "Oh, that means I didn't vote for." Well, of
3: course they don't do that, but know. I just can't believe they were so, as a group, collectively disinterested.
1: Or maybe in those they weren't. Maybe maybe uh, some people voted for. T- you know what I mean? Like I, there, there was just no consensus. Eh, there could be votes, votes. I think it's I that would that's what I'm going to tell myself is that it's just that those had different factions and you know consensus kind of sometimes everything wins with like a plurality because no one else can agree on anything else um but yeah i mean obviously like yeah banshees was my favorite movie of the year (laughs) didn't win anything and tar and (laughs) bailmans were up there so you know it just i i tend to think it just could have been worse um But yeah. I don't know. I
3: don't think it it could be much worse for me. Well,
1: yeah, but I liked everything everywhere all at once. So that's, I mean, it was in my top 10. It wasn't in my top five, but it was in my top 10. Um, So I was like, okay, that's, you know, I'll take it. And I love that win. I was so happy that Michelle Yeoh won. Um, Yeah. yeah,
3: I think that's That's fair. Even though I was really pissed at just how many awards went to it, like the fact that Michelle Yeoh, Ki Hui Quan, and Jamie Lee Curtis all have Oscars now makes me feel. Yeah, Rel- relieved in a sort of and it's way. it's funny
1: because the ones like that, yes, it won like an insane number of Oscars. But the ones I would have take it like taken away from it were the ones that it was most like, like the marginal ones that we kind of can't believe it got. Are the ones I'm happiest it got. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. that's fair. So it, it's yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Like and I and like I said, for, as far as like my take like i was just so happy that the ceremony went smoothly and they didn't do anything stupid and like it was mostly watchable um i okay the cocaine bear thing did happen um
0: that was terrible that was was (laughs) terrible fucking elizabeth banks just like spreading COVID (laughs) everywhere
1: oh my god yeah that was that was a weird bit that was a strange thing that happened
0: that was a bad Um, bit
1: but they you know it's, I'm like, it's just after the past two disastrous years that didn't even feel like Oscar ceremonies. I'm like, this felt like an Oscar ceremony, maybe not a great one, but it.
3: It didn't feel like a good one. But it. But there but wasn't felt something like overshadowing it one. in a really bad way. It wasn't at
1: a train station. They gave out all the awards. Nobody physically assaulted anybody on stage. Like we're talking, the bar has been on the floor. <laughs> um, Joaquin the
0: Phoenix kind of didn't accept oh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh my God! In absentia. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> yeah they didn't end with the most anticlimactic ending of any uh yeah yeah Uh, i was talking about this with melly
0: and that did you guys previously always assume that like maybe there was some shenanigans like some rigging yeah or or not 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 rigging
1: but that they knew i i always
0: yeah more people yeah if nothing else more people knew what was going on um I no longer believe that. No, I,
1: I, absol- I absolutely think, I mean, especially, you know, after, like, the 2016 thing, you know, when, like, only yes. the one, only clearly only the guy who had the envelope knew and had to start running around and being like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, you know, and then definitely after the, because, I mean, I think you look back at something like the departed year, right, and they bring out all of Martin Where, Scorsese's friends even yeah. the Oscar. You're right. like, they had to have known. like.
3: Exactly.
0: That, that's what I mean. Like, right. Uh, but then
3: I, I think about like when they did adapted screenplay in 2019, and they brought out who did they bring out? And it was like supposed to be like a, a Greta Gerwig.
1: Hmm. Um, oh, they had like another woman out there or something, and then I,
3: th- I think so. Yeah.
1: Well, you, but then
3: they gave it to Jojo, and it was like you
1: notice this year they hedged their bets with the Halle Berry. Very much. Um, What you mean? You know the Halle Berry that giving it to Michelle Yeoh thing because everyone's like oh god don't do it like don't don't recreate the <laughs> the the bad feelings. And so it's like okay they they had him co-present and they had it with Jessica Chastain so we got the good moment but if we hadn't if it had gone to Kate Blanchett which you know deserved Oscar but it wouldn't have been the awkwardness of like oh you were expecting something different. So yeah, <laughs> I I I think they they genuinely don't know and I'm like maybe you could let somebody know. <laughs> like just Yeah. <laughs> could have avoided some of these things or then just don't get too cute about it I suppose
3: I do have a Carter Burwell update okay he does not have an Oscar okay yeah he has five noms
1: and they're like all within the past ten years I think like I feel like the Academy just I
3: see three noms oh I thought maybe I misread I thought it said he had five no he only has three for Carol three billboards and Banshees Oh, maybe I saw the word three in three billboards.
0: Oh, so Carol
1: I'm, Carol was the first one, huh? That's crazy.
3: Yeah, that's that's stupid.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, remember
1: how to
3: look good the, the Fargo score song, is? Like, what are they doing?
1: Oh, I know. Yeah, they they've overlooked his co-in stuff big time.
3: The Embrooch score is also incredible. It's true. His first ever major nomination came for The Man Who Wasn't There. It wasn't even until 2001 that he got it. Crazy. Damn, oh, 2001, he did, he did that and A Knight's Tale. He did
0: Joe's uh, Apartment. That's, that's, that's a great score. The Joe's Apartment score?
1: score? <laughs> the Knight's Tale score. <laughs> I have not seen Joe's Apartment. All right. I feel All like right. we've s- talked about Joe's Apartment before. It's definitely come up. It's, it's 100% come up, and I can't imagine why, but...
3: I don't know what that is.
1: Um I
0: think that was the context that it came I'm
1: sure. In. And there this is not one of those things where I'm like, "Ah, oh, youths, how can you not know?" Like this is not something that is worth knowing about from the 90s. Um it's a weird the one The MTV
0: though. Films movie.
1: Yeah. The, the Jerry O'Connell vehicle. Um Sorry, I'm looking at the list of the people who play the cockroach voices, and like, what were we doing? <laughs> Sorry, if you haven't seen Joe's apartment, I'm really that's insane, I insane. Look context. up where
3: Joe's apartment went before you said that, because otherwise, I'd have been like, "What the fuck are you saying?"
1: Uh, all right, so I'm getting the sense that maybe we're done talking about the silent films.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think we we covered them pretty well. And we we, we we did give Nosferatu fours across the board last time. Right. What, what, what would you guys give uh, Pandora's box, Nick? Uh, I'm going to go three and a half.
1: Yeah, three and a half for me, too. Three and a half.
3: I'd go four. Dope movie.
1: Yeah, very good.
3: Now, it's been uh, at least a decade since we've last talked, but is there anything in particular that you guys would have mentioned that you've watched recently?
1: Yeah, I think we each call out, Who's like, just a couple of things. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched that much. Yeah, I don't even it's been so long I don't even know where to start um, I guess I'll talk about a couple new releases I watched um, I went and I went and saw scream 6 very fun fun fine time at the movies if you like those movies I think you'll like it um, I had a good time and then I caught up with infinity pool the, uh the Brandon Cronenberg sure. uh, oh how's that freak out movie it's weird um although <laughs> frankly i kind of thought it was going to be weirder like um it, i found it to be in parts a little sort of anticlimactic but it's, it's definitely strange i did watch the rated r cut i did not apparently maybe the unrated cut is coming i don't know that really it's going to make that much of a difference um but it is very trippy um, but I just wanted a little bit more from it so I'm, I'd be curious to go back I haven't seen possessor I would like to go back and see that and figure out if maybe I'm just not on his level but uh I thought it was pretty much fine um, yeah I don't know I watched a lot of Oscar movies before the Oscars you know yeah.
3: sure no one needs to
1: hear my thoughts about Puss and Boots the Last Wish also fine I really think
3: we do though um, Wait, cute. Did you like it?
1: Yeah, I did like it. I really liked the first one, though. I was a big fan of the first Puss in Boots. I have no affection for the Shrek movies at all, but I really liked Puss in Boots. And so um, it was fun. Antonio Banderas is, like, weirdly great in that role. Like, he's so good. Um, so I, I can see why why uh, it's been being so successful. Oh, and then I watched – sorry, I'll do two more. I watched um, – Okay. The William Friedkin movie to live and die in L.A. uh,
0: Oh, sick! Isn't that how did you see that? Isn't that like impossible to find?
1: Through methods. (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I asked years—not years, years ago. God, what's happening? Uh, A couple of months ago, I asked Matt to to track it down for me. Yeah, we watched it on Plex. Um, Good movie. Because that
0: was supposed to be released in four. Like there was a four K release announced like Mm -hmm. years ago, Mm -hmm. and it. It must
1: has have never been happened. canceled
0: because uh, clearly we don't have it. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, which is kind of crazy. Um, it looks, I mean, it looks really great. It's just a gritty. It is, it is a nasty movie. Like it is a mean movie. Um, <laughs> but hey, great LA movie, very fun. Hell yeah. Um, and then the lo- have you
0: seen Have you seen Manhunter?
1: I actually have not seen Manhunter. Um, I really need because it's the
0: same. Yes, yeah, the same guy. Yeah. He's he's really good. It's a uh,
1: Gil Grissom himself from CSI. Um, yeah, he's great. Um, so yeah, I need to check that out. Um, and then the last one I'll mention is I caught up with a horror movie that was from late 2022 uh, called A Wounded Fawn. Um, that huh. is um, who directed this movie? Is it a Josh Rubin? No, he just acted. It's a guy Travis Stevens. Um, weird that is a weird movie that is a it has a lot in common with um the cannibal movie from last year fresh not about cannibalism (laughs) but has a similar sort of setup where it's like a guy and a girl and they're dating and you think the guy might be creepy and then it gets real weird and psychedelic freak out um and so that was that was very enjoyable um but very very creepy it's a
0: great um Header image on right.
1: yeah, uh, on yeah. oh yeah if you look at the letterbox and see the uh, the header image that tells you, because like having seen that and then the movie starts what's it called specifically a wounded fawn from 2022 okay. um, it's so I saw that I saw that image and then I start the movie and it's just like creepy guy girl oh no like you know seems like a very straightforward thriller and then I'm like how is this gonna happen and then oh boy it goes in some directions. So um, I had a good time with that one. All right, Nick, you go.
0: Um, Let's see, since, I think since we've recorded last, I've watched all of the first six Star Trek movies.
1: Nice. Yes.
0: I think ranking wise, I would go two, four, one, six, three,
3: five. Two, four, one, six, three, five. That sounds about right. Uh, I watched a bunch of that's that's a little low for six six was like a real childhood favorite of mine six is good six is great I I liked one better
0: Um, I think having watched the director's cut it seems because I I, I guess the original cut is not as good
3: yeah I've heard that I've never seen the original cut okay but you gotta say we we just watched the directors Plumber Klingon is pretty great in Undiscovered Country what Klingon? Christopher Plummer Klingon.
0: Oh, Christopher Plummer Klingon. Uh I really like um the Kurtwood Smith president, personally. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh I so I watched um the yellow and red arrow Giallo box sets, uh, which are varying uh, yeah. degrees of quality in those movies, but um torso is <laughs> Just a super awesome movie, nice. which I think would be very much up both of your guys' alleys.
1: I've been eyeing those box uh, sets for a while. So it, it's pretty hit or miss in terms of the uh, the actual content of the yeah. box
2: sets.
0: Yeah, some of them are stinkers. Some of them are really cool. So I think they're worth checking out at least. I mean, even the stinkers are like, all right, well, you get to see murder and beautiful naked people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what, what more? <laughs> what more do you want? Fair enough, yeah. Uh, ooh, I don't want to make this kind of transition, but I watched Shoah That's a <laughs> terrible way to transition. I, may, I mean, it's. May
1: I ask sincerely what I've, inspired you to watch Shoah Like at this juncture.
0: Um, just in the mood. It's it's like yeah, it's been on my list of like things to watch, and uh um, had you never seen it before? Partly, no, I'd never oh, seen. Okay. It. I'd seen. I the think first, I assumed like, it was a rewatch, and I was
1: like, it. what a choice. <laughs>
0: No, no so i, I was tr- just trying to knock out like blind spots from the sight and sound list Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so i watched that the criterion release of it is great because it's got a bunch of um like bonus things that um landsman had shot nice. and some of them are also really incredible yeah um i mean it's it's what you think it's gonna be it's just incredibly fucking upsetting
1: yeah yeah i watched it in high school nine hours yeah we took like a week and i watched that in high school yeah
3: um i think that's what happened to me too it was around
1: and and the teacher gave everybody like blanket permission if you need to take a break and go like walk around like in the courtyard and come back like that's okay Mm -hmm. to do uh yeah
0: yeah i'd watched part of it in high school for like a paper mm-hmm. where i watched night and fog in this oh, okay uh, like the first couple vhs tapes because it came in like a 10 vhs tape set or something like that mm-hmm. yeah um but that's all like that's all i got through but yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's a, a masterpiece right. it's just real tough to watch yeah. um another masterpiece blind spot from the sight and sound list that i watched is spirit of the beehive which
1: oh yeah Man, god
0: tier I loved this movie, and I feel like people never talk about it. And yeah. it was it would always show up like it was on it was high up on the Sight and Sound list like this year <laughs> and a decade ago. And I'm like, how come? So like, I feel like people just are never mentioning it. So it was lower on my uh, list of things to get to. Mm-hmm.
2: But wow,
0: what a great movie! Um, and I, I think I'd said to you guys, I know I know for a fact I said to you guys that this is like the perfect. Uh, um, like meeting point of a Nick movie, a Dylan movie, and a Jimmy yeah. movie. It is.
1: Yeah, it sounds very it's, cool. I'll have to check it out. It's
0: it's really good. Um, and then I watched a bunch of uh, martial arts movies. So I watched two Sunny Chibas, which are Yakuza one, a uh, Yakuza Wolf one, and Yakuza Wolf two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I watched nice. the first couple, the first couple movies from the Shaw Brothers uh, box set from Arrow called. King Boxer, which we talked about, and Boxer from Shantung, which um, is just one of the most violent of the martial arts movies I've seen, which is great. Really, a couple. Yeah, the the whole like last half hour is just like the crazy eighty eights scene of one guy fighting a bajillion guys. <laughs> um, what what can he's we doing ask it, for more? He's doing it with a hatchet in his stomach. <sighs> right. Like before the before the fight breaks out, a dude. Plunges a hatchet into him and then he just like content he he goes on fucking people up uh great stuff um and then i watched a couple michelle Yeoh's um executioners which is the sequel to heroic trio
3: oh i was wondering
0: not as good not as good as heroic trio um and then the stunt woman which is a very weird movie because it uh apparently they had to do some last minute rewriting because it's about a stunt woman and okay. in real okay. life, Michelle Yeoh got hurt doing a stunt. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's okay. It's got the first like hour of it is much better than where it ends up. And then uh, the last cool thing that I watched is a movie called Love Massacre by uh, Patrick Tam. I think I've heard and of that one. I feel like this would be up your alley, Jana. Mm-hmm. The transfer of it, like, there's not. Oh a good yes, I do know this. this one. So it, it, it looks like shit, but it's uh <laughs>
3: <laughs> thank you.
2: Well, you know. It's
0: uh it starts off as like a drama romance. This sounds cool sort of and then it becomes a slasher movie. <laughs> nice. So It becomes a surprise slasher. I will say and
1: the re- header image for really this fun. on Letterboxd looks like a terrible quality VHS. <laughs>
0: That's how it looks.
1: Where did you find? Did you get this through Methods? Where did you find this?
0: Yeah, through through Methods.
1: Okay. Yeah, it does not appear to be. I can send it to you guys. Looks looks cool as hell. mean
0: I can send you guys the DVD that I purchased. I don't think that that this exists in like DVD form. So yeah, I got it uh, sub legally through the internet.
1: Nice. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds cool. But
0: uh, yeah, it was a it was a blast because uh, it yeah it just starts off as like uh a melodrama and then like shit gets fucking wild
3: that bridget lynn uh poster on letterboxd is just so burned into my mind for some reason like i whenever i see it I, it reminds me like what that movie is more than just the, the title
1: mm-hmm.
3: of it yeah because the the poster itself
0: doesn't it's
1: Right. It looks like it could Doesn't just be like a, a little story about a girl in the city or something with that poster.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's not. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, very cool movie. Nice. Nice. Um, I'll I'll send it to you guys. What I- What have you watched, Dylan?
3: Um, I somewhat recently. I think it was f- the end of February. Was they were taking off a lot of romantic comedies off of uh, Criterion. Mm-hmm which screw you guys but I did watch what did a we lot do? of them I meant screw you guys as in screw Criterion <laughs> for taking <laughs> it's like them right of it. like, uncalled the for
0: we're just trying <laughs> to do the podcast here just living I life. did
3: have like uh, two standout favorites which I don't know if either of you seen one's called the more the merrier it's a George Stevens movie mm. have you guys yeah, seen this I have not oh, it's freaking great one of my favorite blocking moves ever happens at like a little reveal at the end of this movie. It's really funny. Gene Arthur's great in it, but like, I think Charles Coburn won his Oscar f- for this movie. And I mean, who doesn't love a good Charles Coburn? And the other one was a Preston Sturgis movie called The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, which one of my favorite Letterboxd people, I can't remember who it was, just said, this is probably the funniest movie of all time, and I will second it. So if you can watch it, uh, it, it will be the funniest thing you've ever watched. Um, I watched a couple good classic dramas. One was called The Ball at the Anjo House, which is a thing I very much like, which is like aristocrats having to say like goodbye to like their wealth in like really somber movies like The Leopard or Magnificent Ambersons or something. It's sort of in that alley. And it's like one of Hara's first major roles and she Ooh. of course fucking nails it. Another one I watched is Witness for the Prosecution, which I know is one of Jana's favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, hell yeah. Charles Lawton, Let's Go. Marlene Dietrich, Let's Go. Good movie. Such a good movie.
1: Have you read um, the, the short story? No, oh.
3: I haven't. Is it very different?
1: It's, it's pretty similar. It's, it's a little bit different okay. in some of the details, but it's, it's just also very good. Um, okay. So I recommend it as well.
3: I watched my own sort of group of martial arts movies, um, but they're very different from Nick's mostly. <laughs> one of them was the sort of Doom, uh, the Okamoto movie, which stars uh, Tatsuya Nakadai as like... Mm. Have you seen this one, Nick? No, it's been on my list because of him for a very long time. It's going to be a very you movie. This'll, this How Jenna's, like, I know Possession will be like a top 100 movie for her. Like, I pretty sure sort of dude will be a top movie for you and it's just about the samurai who's like completely dead inside and just absolutely massacres his way through people and sort of has to pay the consequences for that the ending oh, yeah. is absolutely bonkers it's him and to share isn't it to share has like a I think he, he's fifth build on letterbox and that seems about right he kind of okay. comes in as like this ace like up the sleeve in the movie and his role in it is awesome. It's so good. Um I also watched The Assassin, which is I guess technically a martial arts movie, but if you've seen it it's yeah. it's it's a it's more of a Ho Shao Shen movie than it is a martial arts movie. And if you've seen any Ho Shao Shen, you know what I mean by that. It's very um picturesque. It's um, very segmented and but it I mean, the action in it it still looks really good. And it's probably one of my favorite hoes now. But lastly, and maybe most importantly, I watched a movie called Duel to the Death, which I have now become an acolyte for. And I've been trying to tell everyone I can to watch this movie because it is so much fun and it is so emotional and it is so funny. And it's just about everything you could ever want in a movie. And I know Nick has seen this one. And I think Nick might have been one of the people to turn me on to this movie. But yeah, this is an all timer. Yeah, it's uh
0: very silly,
3: but also like deadly serious at times. Oh,
2: interesting. And
3: I don't know how it can balance those tones, but it really effectively does like the thematic and emotional seriousness of the situation combined with silly ninjas and the ninjas are just like what a what a great use of ninjas. We love to see it. So yeah, this is just about one of my all-time favorite movies now. Um, and lastly, I watched a couple uh, strange comedies, very different from each other, though. I watched The Nice Guys, oh, yeah. which, as someone who generally isn't a Shane Black fan, I did really enjoy this. And I kind of expected I it to. I think it's his best. Ba-
1: it's, it's by far my favorite of, of his movies. I'm not always an on shane Black either.
3: I I just don't really like the way he writes characters or dialogue, which I guess is... About everything you could do in writing, <laughs> but um, he, he does have a, a good sense of humor. But when he kind of puts it into this Ryan gosling Russell Crowe vehicle, those two, man, yeah, they're just
1: they're the so best. good, they have such great chemistry. Like, they have the best chemistry,
3: and it, it does elevate it for me from something like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I'm like, it's good, but I'm not like a lot of people where I just you know throw myself in front of its feet for it. And the last quote in quote comedy I watched, which I think you guys will both really like if you're able to see it, is called Underground. It's uh, what it's uh, it's a Serbian film.
1: But it's not it's not a Serbian film. It's not a Serbian film. <laughs> just to, just to clarify, you're not pulling a bait and switch on here. No, it's an underground film you uh, maybe haven't heard of called a Serbian film. Um, <laughs> underground is a film from Serbia, sorry.
3: It's a film from Serbia. Um, oh, this is on my watch list. Yeah, it, I, I guess. Tell you why? <laughs> I guess it's Yugoslavian. Um, but the the general concept is is there's these two guys who are sort of communist black market people, and then World War Two starts, and them and their uh, mistresses and their Friends and, like, one of their brother, who's a zookeeper, brings his monkey friend down into an underground bunker where they all hide. And one of the black marketeers uh, goes up to the top and, like, basically the war is over at a certain point. But he keeps everyone underground telling them, like, oh, the war is still going on, while he goes back up half the time, and he's, like, a war hero, and he, like, celebrates his, like, you know, his uh, glory and stuff, and it's just this very uh, satirical, dark movie about, you know, war and power and control, but it is also very funny. Like, there's a funny monkey in it. It's it's very strange and very effective, and I, I, I think it really did pull it off. It is, like, three hours long, so uh, you need to carve some time out of your day but it's it's quite a knockout the visuals in it are insane nice um nick talking about how you don't know how this movie ended up on your watch list when i was looking i I figured out
0: i figured out how i believe is that it's on the uh sight and sound top 250 or not sight and sound the uh the letterbox top 250
3: Mm -hmm. yeah it is it's very worthy inclusion on there um when you talk about that, though, I when I was looking through my most recently rated movies, I noticed that I had rated the Boston Strangler a one and a half star out of five. I have not seen the Boston Strangler. <laughs> I do not know what happened. I must have been just scrolling through Letterboxd and accidentally clicked something. But...
1: I have a problem on Letterboxd where when I mean to add something to my watch list, I click the eyeball thinking, oh, I want to watch yeah. this. So I'm going to oh, click okay. it. And then I'll go back and be like, why does it show that I've seen this? I've never seen this. And then, yeah, I do that all the time.
3: So I guess uh, I'm down on the Boston Strangler, guys. All don't, right. Good don't to to see it. All right. And that's it for me. We did it. Yay. Hooray! All right. So, oh, my gosh. You can find us on Twitter and Letterboxd at Great Boobies Pod. And as always, thank you to Scott Brady for our podcast artwork. You could find him at art underscore by underscore Scott 93.
1: 92. So close. On Instagram. Instagram. And we'll be back. Why can't
3: Art by Scott come back? I know.
1: And we'll be back next time with what? Notorious? Yeah. Yes. Good movie. It's the best. I'm sure we said good things about it.
3: Yeah. All right. I would imagine. Roger out.
1: Roger out.
3: What'd you say, Nick? Oh, we didn't do Ebert quotes.
1: (laughs) We talked about the essay.
3: We talked about the essay. Yeah, we're fine.
0: We're fine. it's fine. I really just wanted to bring up uh, when he refers to um, shown, shown Gulch as her old pimp, parentheses, or father.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? Good stuff. That was good. Yeah. All right. So
3: yeah, Joan of Arc next?
1: Oh, for us? Well, Joan
3: of Arc is next for us, but... Uh, yeah, the, for us.
1: Passion Joan of Arc, sweet.
3: Yeah, and... Um, yeah, is we're on a silent one? film, right? Out. So this is really just Jenna's time right now. I know. She's thriving. Thriving. Joan of Arc is, like, short, though. It's yeah, it's, like, 69 to... minutes, and it's really good. coming so. up soon, 82. we're going
1: to hit a stretch of, like, six movies in a row that I've seen, because there's, like, a weird stretch of, like, six like more modern movies. So, um, yeah. Well.
0: Is, it, is Peeping Tom streaming anywhere? Because I
3: think that's what's after Joan of Arc, right? Oh,
1: I think it is. I'm sure it is.
3: Joan of Arc is Available everywhere. Yeah, that's everywhere. Peeping Tom is rentable. Okay.
2: Okay. Man, all right. What a a cool movie that is.